welcome back. We are the Devils in the Details, an Exorcist TV show fan podcast with a special bonus episode today. I'm Tina. And I'm Zoe. And I'm Gaia. To everybody listening right now, do know that The Exorcist Season 3 is definitely still a possibility. Like, don't give up. We are, there's quite a few of us that are still trying to be very vocal online um, for the renewal efforts or basically pickup efforts for another streaming service. So right now, what fans can do is join in on the tweet-a-thons that are happening every Saturday now. So just do know they're happening on Saturdays between 5 and 7 p.m. Eastern. Uh, This Saturday, we're targeting Amazon Prime again. So if you would like to participate, you can hashtag uh, Save the Exorcist, hashtag Prime Save the Exorcist, uh, and at, remember to at Prime Video, uh, because that will kind of alert them on Twitter world. I'm still learning. I'm still kind of new to this thing. So I'm kind of like, you have to at them and they'll see it. But if you hashtag them, they don't unless they follow the hashtag. Um, you can also do that on Tumblr or any social media platform you have any day of the week too. Just do know that on those Saturdays, that's kind of like the organized, like aggressive campaign efforts. You can also rewatch the show season one, season two on Amazon, on Hulu. If you have those portals, if you have it legally, that's the best way to do it. Please, you know, if you are downloading them, understood. I do the same thing with my other shows. But this one, I think for for also just, I don't know if ratings count, but like watching official watches, if you do them on those online platforms, that's the best way to do it officially. Oh, and do know that the creators are still fighting. You know, uh, Slater and Crouch are still being pretty vocal, Crouch particularly, on they're, they're, they're not giving up. They're, they're shopping it around. It might be a while. You know, this may be two, three years. Some fandoms don't see them for four or five years. What happened with Sensate? Like, didn't they? How, how long of a delay was that? Yeah, A while, because I'm only just catching up on it now, ready yeah. for the final episode that's coming out on Monday, I think it is. No, it's on the 8th. The final episode's coming out on the 8th. Yeah, but, yeah it's been a while. So it may take a little bit, but uh, stay stay out there, stay hopeful, and uh, keep fighting. And if you want to just learn more how you can get more involved, feel free to DM me, any one of us. My my handle is, <laughs> I think, it's Pandora the Explorer on Twitter. Just find it. I don't know how else to do that. Just magic. Magic. Magic me. <laughs> In today's bonus episode, we're going to go ahead and watch two exorcism related things so it's not exactly the exorcist show today but we feel that because of the season one ending and our rewatch ending there we wanted to go ahead and do something a little bit different and still kind of fun and exorcist related so today we're we're rewatching and discussing the movies deliver us from evil and the new one that came out which is a documentary called the devil and father amort uh, which is directed by William Friedkin, who you may recall also directed the original Exorcist movie. Oh, why did we choose Deliver Us from Evil, Zoe? Maybe you can elaborate um, on that. I-, I wanted something that felt in the spirit of The Exorcist, and somehow a film about two hot guys that meet each other and have to perform an exorcism <laughs> seemed like a really good idea. And yeah, that's why I chose that one. <laughs> and technically they have kind of like three we get an extra one we've got um not only eric banna's character and joel McHale's kind of like sidekick character but we have the priest who i thought sounded a lot like alfonso herrera i was like well it's, yeah. there's there's tomas but just with longer and curlier hair and i was like oh i like this because i think tomas needs to grow his hair out i'm liking the long wavy hair i know it looks good. yeah it looks good I've, yeah. have you seen the old the old pictures of him when he had the longer hair alfonso herrera no yeah oh. yeah google it Mm-mm. let me guess my google search later yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you really should zoe <laughs> so yeah i'd never seen uh the devil and father Amart. that wasn't a rewatch for me that was just a new watch for me yeah and okay. um i was that was pretty cool i really loved how they had the he actually went in to film a real live exorcism uh, with the the young lady named Christina, who is now going in for her ninth exorcism with the now with the world famous Father Amort, who is known around the world as the. If you're thinking of exorcists, like he is the guy, he's the go to. I think he literally wrote the book on how to do exorcisms. Do yeah. I have that right, Gaia? 
a lot of books in truth he, he wrote uh, memoirs and even actual books in which he explains how to to do the exorcist to other exorcists so um he was a teacher for many new exorcists and uh, he was also the founder of the international exorcism uh, community he was the leader and the founder because he realized that uh, uh, people in need of uh, spiritual help are growing in numbers and uh, before he became uh, the exorcist of the diocese of rome that is the bigger diocese in italy um he, he realized that there weren't enough exorcists for the need for the people if we believe in his mission if we believe he really did what he claimed to do and what we saw in the documentary he was the one man who made it possible for people like christina to access to the help they need yeah yeah, I was I was blown away at the not only his story and and his background and how that started. I was blown away by the the fact that the Italian people was the statistic of the of the population 500,000 Italians a year yeah. go to see an exorcist. Yeah. That's a huge that, number if you count that was my mind. If you count that we are only 60 million a year. That's a huge yeah. number. That's really a huge number because uh, you are like, what? What the hell yeah, is going on? Seems... Yeah, you really, you really have to wonder. You ask yourself, what's going on? Why so many people right. arrive to, to believe that they need an exorcist to help them? We saw in the documentary that the first thing all the priests in the documentary say to Friedkin is that first they need to know the medical history of this person. Then uh, the the Bishop of Los Angeles uh, told us that what he does when people go to him asking for an exorcist is that he goes uh, in the meeting with uh, psychiatrists and psychologists and a priest to make sure that the exorcism Good. was is the the path this person needs of course wow how many of them are really mentally ill and how many mm -hmm. of them arrive in front of an exorcist that's the question but it's still a huge number and uh, exactly. we really have to wonder what's going on. Our society is uh, is losing so many uh, anchors in the past, like the the centrality of the family, like uh, very strong parental figures. So, is this just a symptom of the illness inside our society, or is this more? That's what we should try to understand. That's an excellent question, Guy, because I feel like we've heard this a few times before. In the interview we had with the, with the exorcist recently, Father Plato, also telling us that there are certain things that happen um, in, in a person's family life, you know, these kinds of traumatic events, choices of their own that can create a kind of opening. Yeah. And, and in his perspective, and in some of very religious believing people mm -hmm. that perspective is you're, you're creating actual opening in your spirit yeah. for these demonic forces but to the point of the psychiatrist who's speaking in the documentary those are are seen from their perspective but from a psychiatric perspective trauma also creates actual things in the brain that can 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 create these feelings of what you think is a demon but it could be something purely scientific mm -hmm. so um but but who's to say? How, how do we how do we know if it's a mental illness, if it's a health, or is it something from the world Neither beyond? Neither of them told us that what Christina go, uh, was going through 
was a mental illness. They named some things that could be related to the symptoms she showed, like delirium, but they had to admit that at some point they didn't know. Right. So, uh, right. Like it's disassociative, disassociative trance disorder. I I heard was the scientific name they give to certain people that showcase some of these symptoms of that kind of delirium and the shouting. But I looked this up. That audio. Can we talk about the audio of this? The uh, audio of of Christina. Audio was uh, literally mind blowing because when she screamed, when she screamed, that wasn't a human voice. Uh, We can. No, you can't fake that sound. That's just exactly, exactly. That was my my skin was. I, I felt. I felt I'm almost scared. I wasn't scared when I watched The Exorcist. I wasn't scared when I watched The Deliver Us From Evil. When she began to scream in that documentary, and she was a small woman, she wasn't very big. And four men blocking her, and she was still struggling. No, so to to the, to the people listening who haven't seen this this movie yet or this clip, please find it because you need to yeah. hear. I've never heard anything like this. Um, I googled. I said maybe this is a an, an a, they did this in post production. Maybe they added in this voice changer. Like like that's an easy thing to do. Yeah. I mean, I do it in Audacity yeah. now. So I can yeah. probably figure out how to do that. But um, according to this one interview with the the creators of that the documentarians of that movie there was no this that was the raw footage no editing was made again we're just going to take their word for it and and if that's true that is yeah. not that is no. not a human earthly no. sound to me absolutely. no totally absolutely inhuman. totally inhuman yeah i agree with zoe it, you cannot fake a sound like that you cannot and then it's not even only when she screams it's even when she she talks in that voice when she screams never 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 my 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 it's it's not human it's not human when mm-hmm. father amorth asked the demon if you want to believe he is talking to the demon in that moment he is not talking to christina and he asked him uh, when are you going to leave this body and the screams is my 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 we we have if we want to believe to Friedkin, uh, we also have to know something important. Uh, this was the first time the Vatican allowed someone to record an exorcism. Right. I wonder the thinking behind that. Why would the Vatican not want to show this? If if anything, the education. Of to to the masses of this thing is real. I would think that would be a priority to say, "Hey, we need to go back to the church or do." In, in their perspective, like I just don't know why they would restrict that. I worry that it's something to do with like the way it goes down could violate like human rights kind of things, like and laws about restraint, laws about like what you can do with a person. Like with, if it kept secret, then they can get away with more of the restraint element the more of the abuse otherwise other people uneducated people and people just not getting it would see a human right violation you can't just be like restraining a woman with four blokes you can't just be like throwing stuff at them and shouting at them Mm. they would people would demand that they be taken to a better facility and be and you know yeah i think that could be a possibility or another possibility could be side by side with what Zoe just said that uh, when you talk about the the, de- uh, the devil, when you study the devil, you open a door. So the more people allowed mm-hmm. to watch, it could mean more people in danger of opening those doors. Yes, Gaia, I, I, that's why I'm, I was like shaking watching this movie because in my neurotic, scared brain, I was like, it, am I inviting something in here just by watching this? Like, it scares, this stuff scares me because again, like, I don't know if I believe in it. I'm not saying no, it's not real, but I'm not saying 
you know, yes, it's, I just, I just don't know. So I'm like, ah, it makes me even more scared. The fear of the unknown. And, and I don't want to like no, open my no. door and see like a big devil. No, that like, would be bad. Ah. <laughs> that would be very bad. I think there's a, there's an idea that like, if the general public watched it, people would watch it for vanity exactly. and for entertainment reasons rather than for educational. You know that teenagers and people wanting a scare would watch it for those reasons. And that's how yeah. it gets opened up because Lucifer is all about vanity and is yeah. like, you know, a showman. If you're going to get together with a bunch of friends and go watch this thing and you watch it for the wrong reasons and you watch it as if it's entertainment, you're watching someone yeah. suffering you are... entertainment. Mm-hmm. That will just that just invites bad karma and and just yeah. bad, you know. Yeah, it just doesn't doesn't sit right yeah. to watch something like and, that to be entertained. Yeah, no, that's that's an excellent point. And you are stroking the ego of someone whose ego is already big enough. So uh, yeah. I don't think that would end well. What was y'all's take on the um that? He didn't get footage of it, but he recalled it from memory where William Friedkin basically was called in by Christina again and her yeah. boyfriend. This was after yeah. the exorcism. I think it was like months after. Yeah. And 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 they wanted to meet up with him uh, for kind of strange reason. I, what what was the initial reason they wanted to meet? And then it had that big climactic stuff happen in the church. That's the bit that I get a little bit like, mm, on because it's filmed... It's filmed in a film way. It stops being right. a documentary and it starts being like those made for TVs, like like horror channel shows about real things with like cut images and close-ups and yeah. editing and scoring and stuff. Yeah. So it takes away some of the, the realness, yeah. the depth and the intelligence and then just starts playing it for yeah. entertainment and shock value. Yeah. So I had yeah. a problem with that aspect of it. I think if he had just literally come out of the church, set up the camera, sat on the wall and go, this just happened, and we'd got a raw yeah. a raw reaction. Because he had his camera on him, a raw reaction yeah. of him just going, this just happened to me. But yeah. he had time to go back and yeah. edit and make that. Yeah. Right. That's yeah, that's exactly. that's the Hollywood part of him probably that came out. They like, you know, he he, yeah. he created the Exorcist movie for entertainment, you know. So yeah. that's probably where he was drawn in to do something like that. But I, I agree with you, Zoe. I think you should have done something just a little bit more. Uh I I think that final part was added. Maybe the producer, maybe someone else told him to end the documentary in a spectacular way or something because it really mm. it doesn't feel like it belongs to the documentary it feels like right. something that was put there after he finished filming and everything and uh, i think that was possible because father amorth was uh, in the hospital when that part was supposed to happen so right he didn't have anyone to answer to no but i the, what i wanted to ask you is like do you, if it did happen if it if he in fact did meet with christina and her boyfriend who's still screaming the church was apparently very cold right it was cold and and quiet until she started saying show the film show the film and then the boyfriend was saying no give us the film like you're not gonna be able to to show this to the world like the, like do I have that telling right? Yeah. Yeah, I got confused by that because it sounded like he was threatening him to right. not show the movie, but she wanted it shown. So was the devil wanting it shown and he was trying to protect his girlfriend or was he now possessed? Because then that would stop making sense. That's, that's a very good question, even because we know Father Amorth was in the hospital and we know he never came out right. of it alive. Yeah, it's like, is that kind of weird open-endingness that I just doesn't sit well with me when you're making a documentary yeah. especially when you add all the flashy like oh yeah and, yeah. Like, and then like it go oh the church is yeah really exactly cold and stuff now you're just yeah. doing the cliches yeah. that's like that's this is the thing that I always found after watching them like together the whole idea that like what a real exorcism looks like compared to how a cinematic portrayal looks like it and the whole yeah. idea of like yeah. cold spots like because the instant thing i noticed when he went into that church the same thing that deliver us from evil does the same thing that the exorcist tv show the color palette changes 
It was the first yeah. time. And it goes to those those greys and green colour tones. And I'm like, that's that's movie verse yeah. exorcism that's movie. now. Exactly. Exactly. That's what makes me think the end was fake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to give uh-huh. us a shock value, like, oh, the devil's out there. Yeah. This finish can't be shown to the world. Even because we we hear other people talking about uh, their experience uh, when they were possessed or when they witnessed a possession, and no one ever said anything about the place being colder. It's a cliche. Mm-hmm. It's a cliche we always hear in movies. Yeah, I think the end was fake. Yeah. yeah. Which is unfortunate because I really liked it. It, yeah. it was compelling to not not only for, an, yeah. it's not really entertaining. It was more for just like educational purposes. I was watching the exorcism yeah. and going, you know, to see yeah. how this is done. Even the idea of what, what is a uh, father Morto who flicks his finger. At oh, yeah. oh yeah. It's like Shakespeare, yeah. like do, bite your thumb at me, sir. But it's like, like, you know, yeah, he yeah. thumbs his yeah. nose. He thumbs his nose at the devil, yeah. which is the equivalent of like giving the finger. <laughs> That's yeah. so well, cute. Yeah, yeah, more or less. Uh, we learn that uh, um, his way to exercise people wasn't based on fear. It was based more on humor and kindness. Yeah, yeah. And I th- and I think that makes a lot of sense. I mean, someone who is possessed probably lives in a state of terror yeah you know you don't need someone from the outside scaring you even more (laughs) right right which reminds me i hate to be like an exorcist tv show fangirl but like of how the approach is done even the show of the approach of love of fallen angel you know that kind of like more feminine i guess nurturing type style well i think yeah well the exorcist tv show is so full of that like like love and compassion and kindness yeah. they've brought which seems like a more realistic angle to go with rather than like ah foul demon get out <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah indeed, indeed and i like how father amorth went um against what uh is happening inside the church since 1964 because uh, at some point during the exorcism, he is using the the prayer to the uh, Saint Michael Archangel, Prince of Heaven, and that is not used anymore since 1964. Really? But he doesn't care. Yeah, uh, because uh, Pope Giovanni XXIII decided that uh, the liturgy. Um, should be closer to the people so he decided that the liturgy is uh, is not more in latin but in here in italy is in italian and there is in english uh, in french if we are speaking about france and blah 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 Uh Uh, and he also decided that this prayer was uh, too strong for common people to actually uh tells it uh, knowing what they were saying. So he decided, okay, no more. Let's make things lighter and shorter. So usually the that kind of prayer was uh, said at the beginning of the liturgy all the time. Wow. Yeah. Oh, so why do you think Father Mort stuck with that original prayer then? Because that is the most powerful prayer for the exorcism. Really? <laughs> because... You, you ask uh, the Archangel Michael, not in his role of uh, the general of the heavenly Hermy, but you ask him to help you as the prince of heaven, basically the second most powerful creature after God himself. I, how do I get my hands on this prayer? I feel like I could have used that towards uh, the, the end of the month with I the can- students. <laughs> I can send you the link. Okay. <laughs> Let me know. Prince of Heaven, help me <laughs> to deal with my children. <laughs> Let me know if it works. Yeah. I want, I want that framed on my wall. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
<laughs> well, thank you. I had no, I had no idea that he was doing that. But but for a while, he was so good at what he did. Like he was, he he was well educated in in the religious side of it. But he also has this kind of moral base of kindness and just this kind of ethical person that is ready to battle these kinds of demons, which apparently is not for everybody. Remember the one bishop? No, what what yeah. were your thoughts on the one bishop that who yeah. was like when he was asked, "Would you go and and exercise?" He's like, "Hell no, I want to no, go no, and do no, this." No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really like that whole conversation because I love the idea that it's not so much about like how holy and how much faith you have. It's kind of the idea that like there's a difference between being like an exorcist and a regular priest. It's a difference of being someone who's a teacher and an educator and someone who's a warrior. Yeah. Mm. Oh, and that's yeah. the kind of dynamic I got from it, which is obviously the thing you see in the exorcist TV show and the fact that Marcus is not an educator. He's not the teacher. He's <laughs> yeah. the warrior. He's the warrior. And that, that, exactly. that bishop was like, I know this stuff and I have my faith and I can teach and I can bring my faith, but I cannot go and face evil and fight it because I don't, I'm, some people can't fight like that. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. yeah. And it was, uh, it was genuine. He mm -hmm. really was afraid when Friedkin asked him, but you have Jesus at your side. He was like, yes, yeah. I have Jesus at my side, but I'm also scared. I know <laughs> that Jesus called very holy people for that mission. And that it's beautiful when he speaks about the different level or, of spirituality that you need to reach to, to fight the demon. To fight the devil yeah. himself. I really like that. That explanation that Jesus yeah. calls. Yeah. It was bizarre because that whole thing made made me like my love of Marcus just went up. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was like, look, he's literally describing why Marcus is so amazing. Exactly. Why he has been called by God. Exactly. And there is an idea of being chosen and imbued with just that bit more energy to fight something a bit more evil that not everybody can yeah. do. When Father Plato was asking Cause I was, I was so freaked out. He's like, well, why, what are you afraid of? I'm like, because it could eat you. Like, <laughs> you like, and he's like, well, you have God on your side. You've got the Bible. There's nothing to be afraid of. I'm like, well, it's nothing to be afraid of for you, man. But this is, this is some terrifying yeah. shit. <laughs> I don't want to be a part of it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, what I liked is that at the beginning, we learn more about the original novel, I didn't know that yes. in the beginning Bloody wanted it to be a non-fictional book. I didn't know yeah. that. I didn't know that. Yeah. And it was very interesting to, to find out from his words that at first he wanted to write a non-fictional book and then it, when he was stopped, he was like, okay, what should I do now? But, okay, I still want to write about this. And then he, he turned his own idea into the book we know and love. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Yeah. I did at the beginning, so I was watching it with my husband, and I was sitting there going, Luke, do you think, do you think we should go on holiday to Georgetown? Can, can we go and stand on the steps? I really want to go and stand <laughs> yes. there. Like, I'm just like, I'm sitting there going, I mean, I've been to places for weird reasons. I've been to Boston just because I really like the TV show Boston Legal. <laughs> so, you know, and um, the Boondock Saints. I love the yeah. Boondock Saints. Love so I went and I stood Saints. in front of the church, lying on the church steps <laughs> going, this is where it happened. Now that you say, that oh, may, we may have to do another special episode yeah. with the Boondock Saints because it satisfies a lot of what we like, which is religious badasses and <laughs> attractive yeah. leads. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That and I've got I'm absolutely madly in love with Willem Dafoe. So that film is just like, yeah. oh my god, I love yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. beautiful. Do you know he yeah. lives here in Tuscany? <laughs> yes. Mm -hmm. And he's a and he's a yeah. friend of my first uh, screenwriting teacher. So if you ever will come in Italy when he's here in Italy, we could convince my former teacher to introduce Go and find Willem Dafoe. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. At the moment, I'm desperately trying because it turns out that Robert Downey Jr. has a house in Bath Ooh. and he's over at the moment. And I'm just like, and I keep seeing him in, like <laughs> in the area in local cafes and stuff. And I, Robert wow. Downey Jr. is in frigging Somerset. He's somewhere like within 
a four mile radius of where I'm sitting and I haven't <laughs> found him yet. And what's really annoying is he went and did a visit to a special needs cafe attached to a school and it's not the special needs cafe that's attached to my school i'm like wrong cafe come to the one in Ogden. come to my school and come and see the disabled children robert downey jr is visiting disabled children in bath and it's not <laughs> my ones and i'm sitting there going, <laughs> you're the coolest people living there tampa has nothing like that i think we may have like the inventor of the slap chop <laughs> i don't know i don't even know what a slap chop is <laughs> it's a slap chop it's like where you chop vegetables i think he might live here I don't... You, use a, you mean a knife <laughs> it's, that's what it's, he used to chop vegetables yeah. a knife <laughs> i love it the slap chop you mean a knife a knife like, it's, it's a knife in a bowl and you and you hit it and then the, i don't know you slap it why mm-hmm. do oh, oh, you just use a knife <laughs> I, I don't think many people bought you it. You Americans are very lazy. <laughs> come on, take your knife and stop. I was going to say, like, really, like, come oh, on. No, no. <laughs> it's not that hard. I mean, I'll, I'll forgive people for the food processor, but it's like, oh, no, I better cut my carrots in a bowl. Let's <laughs> slap at them. Let's slap up my carrots. Well, that's our claim to fame right there. <laughs> Tampa's got a lot going for it. Okay. <laughs> Well, oh, we also dude. we sh- we should probably spend some time walk- talking about these these very attractive men in Deliver Us from Evil. I mean, the exorcism portrayals in Deliver Us from Evil. No, no, what? No, no, no. <laughs> yes. What's what's really weird is rewatching it ha- after watching the Exorcist TV show yeah. and realizing it doesn't stand up as well. Like when I originally watched it when it first came out, I really enjoyed it. When I watched it again, mm. I was a bit like, it's a bit slow. There's a lot of cliches going on. Yeah. Aaron Ban is not as hot as I remember. This is <laughs> well, upsetting. I thought he was very attractive. I was I was appreciative of the tattoos that know, he put on. I was just like, no, no one, yeah. no one was British, but yeah. like it just did it did the family unit cliche more obviously yeah. than I remembered. Yeah, and it did it did the very much like evil must come from somewhere ancient, so therefore let's choose Iraq or like kind of thing because that's you know. Yeah, I know, and I know it was trying to use like demonology and political commentary to kind of go the root of evil and stuff. And mm. I was a bit like, no, I'm, I'm not feeling that aspect of it. I did like some of the scenes are still good and I still like the fun of it. I still yeah, like the like actual what, yeah. woman that was, the woman that was possessed in it. Yeah. I liked yes. her possession. Those elements are really good. But then sometimes it went a little bit too far. Like yeah. I'd forgotten about the lion scene and I was a bit like, Oh no, lions! I was like, why are there fucking lions in this? <laughs> yeah, like, come on, yeah. dude. Yeah, yeah. I have to admit, it was the first time I watched the movie, and I was like, "Oh, what the hell is this?" Because yeah, I really felt the lack <laughs> of British accent, and uh, one yeah. cliche after the other, after the other, after the other. At some point, my father came into the room and said, are you okay? No, I'm not. And I was almost cursing against uh, the whole movie because some scenes that don't make sense at all. For example, the lion mm-hmm. scenes. Do we, please, let, yeah, yeah. No, not why lions. lions? Oh no, yeah. those holy hell lions. Like, I don't <laughs> even know if I- He was talking to the lion in his, in his like demon That's- language, right? Yeah, but yeah. animals aren't evil. <laughs> like they either run away from evil unless they're like, unless they're carriers, exactly. unless they're associated. So crows yeah. and bugs. Like I liked at the beginning. You saw all the like, like the spiders climbing up the yeah. trees and stuff. And yeah. I was like, there's going to be an ancient evil. So it started off like, okay, this is going to be the stereotype of evil comes from ancient places, and then obviously it gets transferred to America, and it's a metaphor. He's a, you know, he's a vet, and he's like, you know, social commentary. They kind of like lost that angle a bit through it. I mean, there was some. I mean, I still like the exorcism at the end because it was that over-the-top exorcism scene that was quite entertaining. Yeah. And I still get freaked out by that bloody toy owl. Oh my like, god! Yeah, yeah. When it starts rolling over to her, that was well done. It was subtle. 
Yeah, imagine being that little girl in the room and because it's not only playing the yeah. music, it's playing the do 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 The owl is looking at her and then it stops and then it rolls again towards her and I'm going, get the fuck out yeah. of there. <laughs> and that, that's honestly, it's worth it for that scene because yeah. that's a true yeah. haunting, isolated, terrifying little scene. But when you rewatch it, you realise just how much they tried to blend together yeah. and push together. Yeah. And I think after coming off watching 10 episodes yeah. of The Exorcist, you realise just how unsubtle it is. Yeah. Yes, the guys are hot. That yeah. did yeah. help. <laughs> but like, and you're like, I'm I'm okay with you. Yeah, you do that yeah. thing a bit more. Like, but it was just like it was it it tried to do too much and blend yes. too much. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was like the haunted house movie, the yeah. possession but- movie, the social commentary horror film, a bit of action. Then like, quick, there's a demon possessed. Let's put some rock yeah. music on. Yeah. <laughs> And let's, and roll. let's be very subtle and we are talking about doors so what music group can we choose yeah they went a bit too far yes, with the doors absolutely. yeah <laughs> didn't she didn't the possessed woman start like yes, repeating exactly. the lyrics of the song like break on through to yeah. the other side like over and over i was like oh i didn't know demons were into pop culture that's cool <laughs> yeah exactly well done <laughs> They are very cool demons. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. matter if they are millennia old, but they are very cool. They're demons. hipster demons. So, yeah, Django, Django likes his, you know, classic rock and like popular music. Go Django. <laughs> yeah. Jungle, jungler, thing, jungler, jungler. It's like when it's like, what's the demon's name? And he goes, jungler. I'm like, is that why you can talk to lions? Because you're from the jungle. I thought I thought he said juggler. I was like, like a juggler, like he's gonna. Oh, so it's from it's from the circus. That's why he talks to lions. <laughs> we solve. We finally solved that mystery. Now please, some, now please, someone can solve another mystery, another very huge doubt I have. So they arrive. And there is no power in the whole zoo. And why? But, but okay, no, we don't. We won't demons. ask ourselves why. Wow. Yeah, demons. demons. Hipster demons. All, it's all their fault. Yeah. How the hell did they open the gate? Who was obviously controlled by electricity? If there was no power in the whole zoo. Oh, demon telekinetic demon power. <laughs> and then. <laughs> and then. In the scene we just eviscerated and we just spoke about, everyone was focused on the demon talking to the lions. Okay, Mm -hmm. maybe that's not a very common thing. I think it would have been a little worse if the lion actually spoke in back and uh, (laughs) answered whatever it was. But how awesome awesome would it be? How awesome would it be if the lion, like, did talk, but it was, like, it only talked in weird, like, demonic puns, and he was like, yes, I am the lion of hell, and your main objective is to kill everybody. Yes. I mean, give me something like that, because that was so cliche. My mind went back to another movie that doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, in the American version of The Ring, when we see this girl with her face devastated by uh, whatever it was, because she died more or less like Samara was supposed to have died, so drowned without water. But that's not the point. The point is, the mother says something like, I took her to three different doctors and no one could explain to me why the heart of a 16 years old stopped like that. And I was like, are you kidding me? And of those three doctors, no one told you anything about her face? Really? Yeah. You worried about the heart? It was one of those things when I realised why American horror movies I get so stressed at, and I prefer the Asian ones and the British ones because you see they're kind of going, just just calm down, people, <laughs> calm down. Let's subtle out the scoring. Let's not throw the kitchen sink. 
We don't need some talking animals going on. And okay, I have to admit, I didn't care much for the three years old who was thrown to the lions. Right. But the moment, yeah. the moment I saw the lions and he had his gun aimed to the lions, I was like, no, no, please, the lions, no, 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 don't no, shoot the lions, don't <laughs> shoot the lions, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, we of, need to try. Cats are sacred. You do not, you do not be mean to cats in any <laughs> shape or form, domestic to large. They are good animals. They've never done a thing wrong. Like exactly. the only time they ever eat people is if you go, ha ha ha, lion, and they go, well, I'm gonna eat you. <laughs> like you know, majestic, wonderful animals. But yeah, yeah, so I was a bit like, I just, it's one of those films, as you say, like the, the American Ring, when you're like, why are there horses in this movie? Right. It was like, why are there lions? I don't see the correlation. <laughs> like if he had fallen into like a jackal or a hyena pen. Like, you know, these hyenas, like, live off the carcasses of other animals and stuff. You kind of would have got that associated that it's an animal that eats dead flesh. Yeah. And therefore it's closer to that kind of... It would have made more sense. But lions are like, hey, dude, I'm a lion. And also, I'm a man lion. I'm not I'm not even the one that does any hunting. Like, I'm not like, it's the lady lions that are more dangerous. I just, I'm just the sleeping sex one. I'm like, oh, food, sex, sleep. Oh, so threatening, so devilish. You're my sexy food sleeping time. People just like... I'm so excited on the lions in this movie. <laughs> I agree. They made some bad choices, but there were some things I really did enjoy still about this movie. Like, I really did enjoy the exorcism scene with all the, you know, the, again, it was over the top. The windows are crashing around, but you've got the cool makeup yeah. that's on the guy. He's got, like, all the carvings on his body, and his face is all messed up, and you can see that kind of shivering, shaking thing that he's doing as they're trying to read. And I loved it. It, it was just kind of cool, just for me, again, I'm kind of shallow when it comes to horror sometimes, so I'm like, yay loud noises things are crashing scary yeah. <laughs> i do i do get off on the smashing glass visual yeah, oh, yeah. and you're like no, i know that's what happens in every one of these movies but i do love like oh my god it's so powerful the emotions are about to break and everything Great. and the fact that it was down a raid and i'm yeah. like fallacy Fallacy. I love that they still did the pan over to the regular cop. Remember the, the, the cop behind the window who's not a part of this. And he's just like, what the fuck? <laughs> he's watching this whole yeah. thing. Like, just joining. I love that. It was, a, it was a fun little cutaway from all the seriousness. And he did some good things he here. Thought, he was the only one with an understandable reaction. Because it, at some point, it looked like it was perfectly normal for two police officers to have a priest with them <laughs> when they go to the crime scene or right. following the main yeah. villain. And it looked like, oh, look, a priest, come, come with us, let's go. Because it's perfectly normal in Bronx. To have it's like every one of those TV shows, like Lucifer and Castle, where like someone who shouldn't be there, like, yeah, totally. I would totally watch that TV show. I would totally watch yeah. a TV show about like, you know, a Catholic cop. Have, I mean, have, have you read all the stuff about the actual true story? The actual real guys and stuff? Because that sounds brilliant. Yeah. This is not based on one event. It was basically the guy who plays the cop retires from being a cop yeah. and becomes yeah. a cop stroke demonologist. Yeah. That goes uh, uh, Ralph, like Ralph Sarchi. Violence. Ralph Sarchi is yeah. his name. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And it's basically this movie was an amalgamation of lots of his little cases. And apparently he and the priest just team up as some team and go in and, and do supernatural cop drama. I would watch that show. And I was just like, oh my God, that TV show would be amazing. Oh, yes. yeah. <laughs> you know. Ex-cop PI demonologist and an exorcist team up to take down evil. Although, wait a minute. Isn't that what the exorcist is? Kind of. Kind of. No, but it's good. And, and, and his accent. Can we also talk about his accent? The coolest cop accent oh. ever. He's like telling demons, like, get back demons. But he's got this cool Bronx accent that's like, get the get the fuck out of here, boys. Like, <laughs> like he's, yeah, he's, no, he's got exactly. a cool, like, the real guy. I just watched an interview with Ralph Sarge. He's a badass, like, from the Bronx. And it's just like, oh, that'd be amazing. Yeah, I would totally, I'd love that. Just like. Yeah. Let's, yeah. let's ride this show. Come on, girls. Let's ride totally. it. Totally. Come on. We can yeah. do that. Yeah. yeah, indeed. I, I mean, we, we made the podcast work. We can write a TV show about. Yeah, uh, enough funding. We can write a TV show. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Come on. Let's write it. Yeah, we should we should try to interview him. Let's just like I just want to hear him talk. 
<laughs> I just Ooh. yeah, guy, tell us a story. Yeah, tell us a story, that or just is. read read an exorcism prayer in that really cool accent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just want yeah, like, really... dear holy Michael. Okay. <laughs> Look, we need <laughs> we, we want you in a session. Oh, that's the worst New York accent. I was gonna say, mine would just come out sounding like in a London. So I'd be like, what, bruv? <laughs> oh, bruv. <laughs> oh, oh, I had a question for you guys because um, it it was one of the good things I liked about this movie that kind of crossed over to the to the TV show, the Exorcist TV show, which was the idea that demons are attracted to those that seem like a good prize. Like, remember how? Uh, brother Simon, he said, like, it'd be a nice feather in the hat if we can get an exorcist. Yeah. They ha- they make a mention in this movie of, like, there are certain people that are targets. Uh, they In this character, Eric Bana's character, he has, like, this gift to be able to communicate or see or hear demon voices. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but this idea, basically, the, the underlying theme is that demons are attracted to um, holier things or people that kind of have a more divine connection. I was thinking particularly of Tomas. Tomas has that like yeah. gift too as well. Um, so I don't know what it, that, if, if that's coming from, I don't know, real world experiences or if it's just one of those tropes again, that's used in demon movies. What were your, what were your thoughts on that? I think, I, I mean, I think it's a trope I like. I think it's that idea of like, you know, as people were attracted to like shiny objects, or in my case, like attractively bisexual British men. <laughs> but like, you know, it's like, oh, hello. Oh, oh. Like, you know, but like, yeah, it's just like, so I could imagine like the demons are shiny objects would be someone that's really holy. I think it's that idea that the more pure something is, thinking like a demon, this might just me be being a pervert and the way I write fan fiction. But. <laughs> The more, the more you like something in fan fiction, the more you, t- I tend to go towards fan fiction where that thing gets hurt. Yeah. So like every like every supernatural fanfic has to be like Castiel's being beaten, kidnapped, or bleeding. Like you know, <laughs> like that kind of thing. Like the more you like something, the more you kind of get a little bit like, oh, oh, hurt my pretty boy, hurt him, hurt him. And I can imagine that demons see these like these people that are slightly more holy, shiny, have got a real good light in them. Because mm-hmm. that idea of going, I could take something beautiful and innocent and light and make it a bit more dirty yeah. and dark. And that's really attractive. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I totally agree with you. I think that's exactly it. <laughs> but the idea of like these kind of opposites attract and want to... Did you ever watch that show? Was it Outcast on Showtime? It also had that demon. Those demons, yeah. well, they're like from another dimension that are still trying to get into the human hosts yeah yeah. Um, yeah it was a very good show so yeah. Zoe, you really should watch Outcast. it i don't know that one. Should... Oh, yeah it sounds like you really it's should still on. watch it i oh they're really? still i'm pretty sure they're still making episodes yeah i think they they got renewed oh cool because yeah I'm, I'm, I'm vastly running out of horror tv shows since they keep taking them all away from me check out i'm <laughs> like the love of god i want a new can, can stop it check out Outcast. Everything. no no, no. I, I, I recommend yeah. it check out outcast it's it's pretty well done it's got very similar themes what but in this conversation right here that we're having it's particularly the idea that he oh well, i don't want to spoil anything um there are ideas of demons being attracted to people that have like a like a light to them so we'll leave it at that but yeah no just i, I just kind of wanted to know like why this is a, a common theme i think demon demons like humans uh, are attracted by uh what could be their worst enemies you know like for example when you have a villain you always have uh, a strong powerful hero to contrast him so what would happen if the villain was able to corrupt the hero and take the hero on his side. I think mm. that's a really good ship. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yes. <laughs> Zoe, you understand me perfectly, and you speak to my dark and cold heart. So let's let's write fan fiction together. Okay, no, okay. That, yes, yeah, yes. Perfect. So okay, back. Let's write TV shows together. Yeah, come, come on. on. We yeah. Beautiful. I we think we make a really between. good TV writing team. I think we start it. Let's just start our scripts. Yeah. <laughs> we'll go with you, yeah. uh, Gaia, over to your film festivals. Yeah, and we'll, we'll try to make yeah, exactly. Why not? Exactly. Why not? So, yes, I think the, the point is they love to corrupt what could be the reason of their defeating? Like, I mean, 
everything that is wrong and dark in human nature comes from the greatest evil of all, right? They have our passions, they have our needs, our wants, but they are avid strongest and more powerful because they are stronger and more powerful. So I don't see why they shouldn't want to corrupt what is supposed to defeat them. What greatest victory could be there for them? Yeah. I I love uh, the quote that the priest gives at the end of this movie to him about the problem of evil. And I think it relates a bit to what we're talking about here is he, I, I think it's Banna's character. And please remind me if I'm getting the characters wrong, but I think he's talking to the priest. Banna's character is saying, you know, why, why these things happen. And the priest responds that, well, think about it as, as the, if there's a problem of evil, there's also the problem of good. You know, if it's about, if everything here in our life is about survival of the fittest and just, you know, having to do all these dark things, but look around you. And they're literally surrounded by all these firemen and cops in that scene. Yeah. Right. And he says, then then what is then why are all these men here willing to lay down their life on the line for others? So, you know, you can approach it in two different ways. You know, why is why do bad things happen to good people? Flip it around. The problem of good is that why do people still fight and do good things? What? I, I, I don't know. I Because I, yeah. it's it feels good. To do the, good. That was the one thing I really loved in this movie. The change of uh, perspective. Because, yes, we are used to characters always wondering why bad things happen to the good people, why God allows bad things happening to the good people, but we never consider the, the other option. So think about the good mm -hmm. that yeah. God allows to happen every day in your life. To be an evil person is a choice. To be a good fun is a mission and a vocation. So I really liked mm -hmm. that. That was probably one of the few things I really liked in this movie. And of course, uh, two hot guys having a drink in a bar, you know. <laughs> yeah. you know. <laughs> you know. <laughs> And, and, and we know that because they says it at the end that the guy retires and they still keep in contact. So you know they're off having those missions and fighting demons, saving the world. Basically, it's it's yeah. supernatural. It's supernatural. Like, you know, <laughs> or yeah. exactly. hunting like, things. I'll just, I'll just block out any memory of wife yeah. and children. That never happened. <laughs> I could do that. <laughs> Let's allow to think about the family, okay? They are safe and at home. We don't care about them anymore. But they are safe, okay? Yeah, the two hot guys can go and hours. have <laughs> their road trip and save the world and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And we... <laughs> yeah, it's good, yeah. They've been called for a higher purpose. Yeah, yeah, indeed. indeed. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, I would watch a sequel of just that. I, I, I really think they yeah, have a lot there with it. just really cool character that wants to fight and a, and a cool priest. I want exorcist season three to happen already yes. like yes. <laughs> yeah and like everything about it just reminds me that like can we just have exorcist yeah. season three now like what we're really saying is just we need series yeah. three <laughs> that's so true we really need it i feel like we did a good yeah, job i think, I think so. we did a good i feel like job. that kind of made, kind of went, went into a natural yeah. end yeah just... yeah i agree we did a good job a nice bonus episode all right well, yeah well then we'll we'll say thank you to everybody so Thank you, Thank everybody, you. for listening again. You're the yeah. best. We appreciate you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah, feel free to comment, feedback, all those fun things. Uh, get involved. Peace and love. Bye. Bye. How do I do that?